Well, please turn back with me for our gospel sermon tonight, back to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Let me just remind you of those opening words of the psalm where David writes this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And my title this evening is Christ, the Good Shepherd. Christ, the Good Shepherd. This is probably, isn't it, the best loved psalm, if not the best loved passage in all of the Bible. Words full of comfort and reassurance to God's people. For the child of God, this psalm seems to just get sweeter and sweeter, doesn't it, with every passing phrase. It's serene. Anxiety and fear are notable, aren't they, by their absence from this psalm. Every line seems to just breathe a sort of an air of serenity and tranquility. There's a quiet trust in the psalmist in Jehovah. He trusts the Lord. And that is because the theme of this psalm is the Lord's constant, unwavering care of his people. He is, as David says there, shepherd. And just as a shepherd guides and feeds and protects his sheep, so the Lord guides and feeds and protects his people. And this psalm, this psalm shows to us, doesn't it, that even though man may be frail like a sheep, even though he may be feeble, even though he may be sinful, yet he still may know close companionship with Almighty God. And this is wonderfully true, isn't it? But we have to note that everything that I've just said hinges on that opening line of the psalm. David says there, the Lord is my shepherd. And the crux of that statement lies in that word my, the personal pronoun. The Lord is my shepherd. And so if you can truly say tonight, the Lord is my shepherd, if you truly know Christ as your saviour, then everything that follows in this psalm and that flows from that statement is true for you. You shall not want. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still waters and so on. You know that because you know Christ as your shepherd. But if you can't use that word my, and Christ is not your shepherd, then nothing in this psalm applies to you. Nothing in this psalm can be said of you. For the believer, these words are words of comfort. But if you're not a believer, these are words of warning. If you're not a Christian, then you don't know this close companionship with Christ. And so you know nothing of his care, you know nothing of his protection, you know nothing of his comfort, you know nothing of his shepherding love. And so these words don't apply to you tonight. But what I'd like to do, friends of you, this evening is I'd like to take this psalm and turn it, as it were, upside down. And I want to just look at each verse and just highlight one thing from each verse, that if you're not a Christian, you don't have. And I hope that as we do so, you'll see that the position that you're in, you'll see the awful situation that you're in as a sheep without a shepherd. 
And I don't want to uh, leave you with just that in mind, your awful position. I don't want to just leave it there, as it were, and just tell you all the things you don't have. I want you to see by the end of this that these things can be yours even tonight. If only you would come and trust in Christ, who is the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the one who laid down his life, he says, for his sheep. And so I want us then to look at these verses then in turn, one by one, and just notice six things then this evening. If you're not a believer, if you're not in Christ, if Christ is not your shepherd, you don't have these things. And the first thing that I want you to notice then from verse 1 is that if you are not a believer tonight, then you have no satisfaction. You have no satisfaction. David says there, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is what the believer can say. The believer can say, I shall not want, I lack nothing, I'm satisfied. This statement is is absolute, it's unlimited. The believer knows that he 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 needs nothing. You see, the believer rests in Jehovah, so he or she knows that they lack nothing. Remember that the Lord is almighty. He has every resource at hand. He has all power in heaven and earth, and he gives to his people liberally. And he provides in abundance, doesn't he, for their every need. And this accounts for for the believer's temporal needs, but it applies especially to their spiritual needs. The Lord provides everything, so they can say, I shall not want. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Paul, writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, says, All things are yours. Why? Because you have Christ as your shepherds. Remember how the Bible reminds us that God clothes the grass and the lilies and he feeds the young ravens. He gives all these things, but he also provides for his people. But friends, tonight, if you're not saved, then this isn't true of you. You do want. You are lacking. You you fail to find satisfaction and contentment. Now, God, out of his common grace, may may give you so much in this life. And of course, in this land, we do have so much, don't we? Given so much, we're richly blessed with so many material blessings in this land. And you may have so much, you may have a loving and supportive family around you. You may have a good income. You may have, uh, you know, all that you want, financial security, a home, plenty of food on your table and so on. You may have much of these things, but they will never satisfy You see, if Christ is not your shepherd, then you are constantly wanting, you are constantly hungering and thirsting for more. Your life, unbeliever, is spent continually chasing and groping for satisfaction. Friends, this is why advertising works, isn't it? Advertising plays on the fact that you're never satisfied, that as sinful human beings, we want more and more and more. That's our continual state, isn't it? Never happy, never satisfied. We always want the next thing, the biggest, the next best thing and biggest thing and so on. And that's why people are always buying something new, seeking a new experience, trying to fill that void that is within our souls. And so we want, we lack. And so man is always seeking and coveting and lusting. Our souls are insatiable, never satisfied. You know, John Calvin said this, were even the world given to man, he would wish other worlds to be created for him. 
And that's what you're like, believer. That void in our hearts, as someone put it, is a God-shaped void. That's what you need. You need Christ as your shepherd because you're never satisfied. And it's only when Christ, it's only when we know him, can we say, I shall not want. Let me ask you before we move on to verse 2, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with life? Is Christ your shepherd providing your every need? Or are you still grasping and groping after all the vain things of this world that will never satisfy your soul? Well, we've seen then the first thing, no uh, satisfaction, but notice secondly, no peace. If you're not a believer tonight, you have no peace. David says here in verse 2, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The imagery here is strikingly beautiful, isn't it? Sheep reposing and lying down in verdant pastures, being led to rest by still waters. For someone reading this particularly from the east, this language would have been particularly forceful. A land which is dry and, and dusty. The ground is thirsty, isn't it? And water is a very precious commodity in the east. To have water in such abundance implies prosperity. And the sheep here are lying down. There's contentment. They have all that they need, so they rest peacefully. Literally, that phrase there that we have, beside the still waters, you you could translate it this way, beside the waters of rest. See, the scene here is very satisfying, isn't it? You know, when I was a a herdsman, it was always very fulfilling to see the herd lying down, resting and just chewing the cuds. You would milk them first thing in the morning and you would put them out to fresh pasture. And usually by about late morning, if there was enough grass, late morning or early afternoon, you'd see all the cows lying down, just chewing the cud. And as a a herdsman, that gave you great satisfaction to see them content and happy and peaceful and there was something sort of tranquil and serene about seeing the herd lying down and that's the picture that's being presented to us here by David the imagery is pointing to restfulness and peacefulness and the person who can say that the Lord is my shepherd has peace and knows peace they have a peace with God a peace of conscience they know sins are forgiven What a contrast for the unbeliever. What a contrast for the person who who does not know Christ as their shepherd. No one to make you lie, lie down. No shepherd to lead you beside the still waters. You have no peace. No rest for your soul. Rather there is hatred and enmity within your soul between you and God. And your conscience also convicts you and troubles you. And it convicts and troubles you because you've sinned. And so you have no peace. You know, the prophet Isaiah reminds us of this truth. Turn with me to Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57. Because Isaiah uses a picture here, a different picture from the one that we've got in Psalm 23, but he uses a picture to show what those who are are outside of Christ are like, what the wicked are like in having no peace. um, Isaiah 57 and verse 20. Listen to the words of the prophets here. Isaiah 57 and verse 20. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. 
You know when you, you go to the beach and you sit there by the, the seaside and it's, it's lovely, isn't it, to sit by the sea, but if you watch it for a moment, it never rests. It's always moving and ebbing and flowing. The waves just keep coming, don't they? There's always currents. And Isaiah says, that's what the wicked are like. They have no rest. No peace. No peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And friends, this is the description of the sinner. And let me ask you tonight, is it a description of you? Do you have peace with God? If you don't, the wonderful thing is you can it's the reason why the Lord Jesus Christ came. He went to the cross so that he might slay the enmity, that he might bring peace. He was nailed to the cross so that he might bring us reconciled to God. Remember we read that it was through the blood of his cross that we have peace. That's what we're told in Colossians, that Christ made peace through the blood of his cross. We can have peace with God because Christ died. Well, friends, if you want peace with God, then you must repent of your sin and you must trust in Christ who bled and died for sinners like you. And so David reminds us here, look, believer, you have peace. Unbeliever, no peace, no rest. But then we go into verse 3 and we see another thing that if you don't have tonight, if you're not a believer, and that's you have no guidance. No guidance. David says there, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The believer knows the Lord guiding them day by day. He leads us, he says here, in the paths of righteousness. Life is it's a road, it's a, it's a journey, and the Lord goes before his people, and he takes his people the best way, and he takes them the most suitable way. We read in, in John chapter 10, we were reading a little bit from this before we started the service this evening. In John chapter 10, the words of Christ, he talks about how his sheep hear his voice. John chapter 10 there. And uh, he tells us there in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is the shepherd who goes before the sheep, leading them and guiding them, and he takes them the right way, the best way, the most suitable way. And when the way seems hard and our spirits droop and our souls are weary, then the Lord comes, and as he says here back in Psalm 23, he restores my soul. Remember what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11, those wonderful words again speaking of the Saviour. He says this, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. This is what the shepherd does. He guides his people. And those who are weak, he picks them up and he carries them in his bosom. He is the one who restores our soul. You see, Christ is such a tender shepherd. And he guides the sheep the best way. When I was a dairy farmer, we would often take the cows to different pasture. And perhaps you'd know that that particular, one particular field, there was round the gateway, perhaps it was very boggy. And you'd say, well, it's not best to take them that way. It's best if we go a different way. And that's what the shepherd does. He guides his people and leads them in the best way. The best way for them. And that's what the Lord does for us. But you see, I'm talking here tonight to those of you who are not saved. This is not true of you. You don't know the voice of the shepherds. You have no guide. Your life has no direction. Your only guide is yourself. 
Remember last week we were thinking that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It's insincere. Your heart, which is insincere, is leading you. And you're like a lost sheep. Isaiah 53 tells us that all we like sheep have gone astray. We're wandering in our own paths, in our own way. No one to lead you to the good paths. No one to direct you and to, to make the way easy. You know, Proverbs 13 tells us in verse 15, it states that the way of transgressors is hard. Jesus, of course, told that parable that we read a few moments ago in Luke's Gospel in chapter 15. He told a parable about a lost sheep. It had wandered away from the security and the safety of the fold, away from the shepherd's care and guidance. And friends, that's a picture of us in our sin, carelessly wandering Moving away from God. Friends, tonight, if you're not a believer, this is a picture of you wandering aimlessly. No direction to your life. No guidance. And it leads us on to verse 4, the next thing that we notice. Because not only have you got no guidance, but you've got no protection. Notice what it says there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, a wandering sheep with no guide and no shepherd leading the way is exposed. Exposed to all sorts of dangers and snares and foes. They may become prey for the lion or the wolf or the bear. There's the very danger, very real danger, isn't there, of slipping and falling off a, off a crag. There's deep streams that need to be crossed which may sweep the sheep off its feet. You see, with no shepherd, the sheep is in great danger. However, the believer knows verse 4 to be true. Yea, whatever the danger, the Lord is with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, Christ is the great shepherd. He wields his rod and he holds his staff. The rod is, is used by the shepherd to fend off and smite the lions and the bears that would maul the flock. Remember David, we read of David doing this, didn't we? A lion and a bear came and he smote both of them. And the crook or the staff that David mentions here is used to lift the sheep away from danger, to pull it back. And you know, friends, we've got a great enemy. There's a great enemy of our souls called Satan. And he's compared, isn't he, to a roaring lion that goes around prowling, seeking whom he may devour. And there's another enemy that we face too. Not only do we face Satan who taunts us and, and loves to devour us, but we also face another enemy and that's called death. And that's mentioned here in verse 4. It's called the last enemy in scripture. Now you see, the believer has nothing to fear. We don't need to fear Satan. We don't need to fear the death either and the grave. You see, Satan cannot harm the believer because Christ has his rod and his staff to protect us. And you see, that comforts us, doesn't it, as believers? We know the comfort of the shepherd, that he is there protecting us as we face the danger of Satan. But then the Christian fears no evil even when death comes. Because the Christian knows that Christ is with them. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You see, Christ, the tender shepherd, is by our side. He's the one who leads us, and he says he will guide us even unto death. And of course, how can Christ guide us? Well, he's already faced death, hasn't he? He's the one who's already stared death, as it were, right into the very pale of his eyes, and he's defeated death. 
And so we press on into the valley knowing that he will lead us through it and out the other side. But friend, tonight if you're not saved, you have much to fear. You're in great danger. You're exposed to Satan and all his devices. He would, he would have you and he, and he wants to devour you. And of course you have much to fear when you come to tread that path that leads down into the valley of the shadow of death. For you it leads down and down and down and it leads to eternal separation and it leads you away from God and from all that is good. And of course you will face the wrath of God for all of your sin for all eternity. You see you have much to fear. I mentioned just a moment ago that parable that we read, Christ talking about the lost sheep being a picture of us and so on. But you notice that story how the shepherd goes out, goes out looking for the sheep. He knows it's lost. He knows it's in danger. And so he goes after it, pursuing it. He searches until he finds it. And then, of course, he doesn't just leave it once he's found it, but he rescues it. He saves it. He lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, and he brings it home. That sheep was no doubt weak and exhausted, but he places it there on his shoulders and he comes home. And friends, that is what Christ can do for you. He's the shepherd who saves, who comes looking for lost, unprotected sheep who are in danger. He did it as a good shepherd. Do you remember what we, we read at the beginning of our prayer meeting tonight? I am the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for his sheep and he did that on the cross at Calvary. There's a wonderful hymn that says this, Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. That's what Christ can do for you if you will come and trust in him. He can save you and rescue you. So you no longer need to fear death and fear Satan. And you can say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me and you see that leads us on to the fifth verse you know because the fifth verse says this thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over and our fifth thing this evening for the unbeliever is this that you have no joy you have no joy you know that parable that we read from earlier when the shepherd lays the sheep on his shoulders he's, it tells us that he does so rejoicing Christ rejoices when he saves a sinner. And then we read there that he calleth together his friends and his neighbours saying, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. There's joy. And what did we say? What did we read at the end of that parable? When one sinner repents of their sin, there's joy in heaven. Joy for the believer, joy for the angels, joy for God. Joy, joy because Christ has saved a sinner. And that's what we have here in this, this fifth verse. It's a picture of joy. A feast is laid. He says, thou preparest a table before me. It's a banquet, a banquet of delights. Feasts in scripture always speak of joy. And then it speaks of the believer's head being anointed with oil. Thou anointest my head with oil. And oil is a symbol of gladness in the scriptures. And refreshments. And then we read of here, the cup overflowing, my cup runneth over. And a cup running over speaks of pleasures that are just overflowing in abundance. No matter how long you hold the cup, it just, he just keeps filling it over and over and over again. 
We cannot begin to measure, you see, the delights that God bestows upon his people. And the child of God has great joy and great gladness. It's a gladness that cannot be described. Words fail, don't they, to really grasp what it means to be in Christ. Those of you here tonight who know that you're in Christ, you you cannot even begin really to describe what it is to have your sins forgiven. To know the pardon of God, to know that the Lord, you could say, the Lord is my shepherd. That there's a sense in which we, we cannot really go beyond these words. No matter whatever words we add, we, we, we just can never get to, the, to fully expressing it. Wesley got it right, didn't he, Charles Wesley, in that hymn. My God, I am thine, what a comfort divine. What a blessing to know that my Jesus is mine. In the heavenly Lamb, he says, thrice happy I am. And my heart, it doth dance at the sound of his name. Wesley wasn't a charismatic, but he knew joy in his heart. He knew what it was to internally dance because God is my God and Christ is my shepherd. He knew the joy. Friends, tonight, do you know the joy of being in Christ? Can you say with David here, thou preparest a table before me, there's a feast for me. And it's in the presence of my enemies. That your head has been anointed with oil, the oil of gladness. And that he now just gives you blessing after blessing, my cup runneth over. Can you say that tonight? Proverbs 10, 22 says this, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. It's amazing to think that the believer's joy came, isn't it? It's amazing to think of this, that it came through the sorrows of Christ. He was a man of sorrows, wasn't he, and acquainted with grief. And he endured the agony of the cross so that we might have joy. But unbeliever, there's no joy for you. You know nothing of the delight of sins pardoned. Nothing of what it means to joy in the Lord. Nothing of the pleasures of knowing a conscience cleared. You know, these things are alien to you. If you're not a believer. No cup of blessing. Instead, you've got a cup of bitterness that awaits. No joy, but instead sorrow and tears mark the way of the sinner. Psalm 32 verse 10 says this, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Do you see the contrast? If you're a believer, joy. If you're not in Christ tonight, many sorrows. Much sadness. And of course, hell is a place of unending sadness and sorrow and weeping. Turn with me now to verse 6, our final thing this evening. And the final thing that we see here tonight, and I want you to notice from this verse, is that if you're not a believer tonight, you have no home. No home. David says, surely goodness... And mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, the Christian not only has a shepherd to guide and to lead and to protect, but they have a shepherd who, of course, will one day take them to his home. For God's people, that home is heaven, where Christ, the good shepherd, is now. It's the place where we're told that at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore a place where there are no more dangers, a place where there is perfect rest and perfect peace, where there is no sorrow, 
where every tear shall be wiped away, the place that we're told where we shall all sit down around that great table, where we shall eat at that great feast, that great marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, to dwell in someone's house, as David puts it here, speaks of that closest fellowship and communion that you could ever imagine, that intimacy. You know, and as God's people, we know that one day we shall be with our Saviour, enjoying his presence forevermore. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Christ promised him that in John chapter 10. He promised there, not only do his sheep hear his voice, and they follow him, but he says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. But this isn't the case if you're an unbeliever tonight. No home is promised for you. No goodness or mercy following you. Only wrath, only judgment, only the terrors of hell. But you know, friends, tonight this psalm can be your psalm. And Christ can be your shepherd. That's the wonderful thing. You don't have to buy your way into this fold. You don't have to do something amazing. There isn't some sort of work that you've got to do to become one of Christ's precious sheep. No, it comes through trusting in Christ's death. We've spoken of his death already tonight. That Christ died for sinners. And here is your hope, unbeliever. It's in the death of Christ, the good shepherd. You need to know Christ as your shepherd and you need to come and acknowledge your position. You need to say that I, yes, Lord, I'm a sinner who has wandered. I'm a sheep who has gone astray. I've turned away to my own way. You need to acknowledge that you have done this, that you've wandered away from him and you need to repent of your sin and come and trust in the Saviour. You know, the wonderful thing is this, that when you come, he promises to save. And all the blessings of this psalm can be yours tonight. You'll know satisfaction. You can say, I shall not want. You can know that you have this wonderful peace, that you can lie down in green pastures, your peace in your conscience. You can know that he restores your soul and he guides you and he leads you. You can know that you are protected even when you come to the valley of the shadow of death. And you can have all of these wonderful promises. And then, of course, you'll know that when you come to the end of your days in this life, heaven awaits. And then you've got a home with your gods. Well, sinner, this evening I pray and trust that you would be able to say, as David does here, the Lord is my shepherd's.